Welcome, everybody, to the Discovery It podcast. Uh, this is Thursday, and uh, we're going to start the conference call with uh, Debbie tonight. Debbie, would you like to go ahead and start our presentation? Sure. Thank you, Paul. Um, tonight I was going to talk a little bit about my journey with Discover It. So all my life I felt like I was destined for some kind of greatness, but I always seemed stopped. Um, right before I became successful, um, I ended up setting goals that were never met. I had dreams that were never fulfilled. I started businesses that ultimately failed. I knew something was stopping me, and I was constantly looking around for what that was. I, I read tons and tons of books. I had heard, you know, surround yourself with positive people, so I did that. I took a lot of classes in self-development. I was in a leadership program for, well, leadership program, and I coached the program at nine months a pop, so that was like four times. Um, I had a business coach for a while. I, went, I even went to a, psycho, a psychologist, and I went to church, all looking for what is stopping me. You know, I continually looked for that. And the other thing I wanted to find out is, how do I change my behavior? I just had no idea how to do that. But then, um, through Paul, I discovered it, my internal thoughts. And it never occurred to me that the answer was right inside of me, my internal thoughts. My internal thoughts are my it was always speaking to me. I think of my internal thoughts now like a little devil on my shoulder because he constantly whispers in my ear. He says things like, what makes you think you deserve that? Or what were you thinking when you started that business? Sometimes he even says, who do you think you are? Um, And he also criticizes everything I do, every thought, every action, And he tells me all the things I'm not. He tells me I'm not smart enough or not lovable or not fast enough, not deserving, not skinny enough, not pretty enough. Sometimes he even tells me I'm not thoughtful. Um, Whenever I took on a new business, I would get really excited about the business and about the new possibility of that in my life. And my it was right there to laugh at me. I can, um, I can count on my internal thoughts to destroy my dreams and my hopes, not just sometimes, but all the time. But my life has really changed a lot now because ever since I discovered it, I'm now aware of the destruction that he has in my life. I've also learned that I have the power of choice and I can choose to listen to him or not. I can choose to be defeated or take another action. I can choose to believe what he's saying or not. Having the power of choice has made such a difference in in my world, and now I find that I am much braver, I'm much happier, 
I'm even a lot calmer. I'm really excited about my life and what it has to hold. And I know that I can have everything that I want and achieve anything that I want. Do I still falter? Absolutely. See, practicing the power of choice is just like going to the gym. You know, you have to work that new muscle. You have to keep practicing. And you're going to stumble and you're going to fall. But every time I choose to go down that alternate path, I get stronger and my it has less power over me. There's a really great poem by Robert Frost, and I won't read the poem to you, but I love the way it talks about two different paths. And one path is very familiar, and one path is very overgrown and not familiar. And the person in the poem chooses the alternate path, the, the one that nobody goes down. Um, and, and what he says is, Going down that path made all the difference in the world. And that's how I feel about um, the Discover It, because every time I make a different choice, my choices get easier and easier. And um, I don't have to concentrate so much on making that choice. It's, it's becoming more and more natural. Um, and sometimes I still hear him, you know, talking to me and telling me um, that that was a stupid thing to do or trying to stop me. But, um, but I can choose not to listen. And because of that, you know, I feel that um, I'm going to have things bigger and better today and that I have a lot of wonderful challenges that I want to meet. Thank you for sharing, uh, Debbie. You mentioned that being your own worst enemy. What do you mean by that? Oh, goodness. Being my own worst enemy. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I'm stopping myself from achieving the things that I want. And it's just listening to, listening to my internal thoughts has led me on a path throughout my life where um, – I was my own worst enemy. I couldn't even get out of my own way. And that's all changed now. Very good. Did you have a, uh, a time in the past that uh, you could have become and discover it a lot sooner than you did? <laughs> Funny that you should ask me that because, as you know, Paul, you've been trying to get me on this program or to at least talk to you about the program for over five years. And now, at the end of five years, I am very thankful that you had the tenacity to continue to constantly talk to me about it. Um, But I never, I was very angry about you constantly saying things to me. Um, And I'm just glad that you persisted. The the funny thing is, um, when you originally were talking about Discover It, I thought you said you were talking about your id, which is that, in psychology, it's that little person inside you, the child inside you. And I kept thinking, why would I want to talk about the child inside me? And so um, I put you off for many, many, many years um, because that's what I thought you were talking about, not 
about your internal thoughts. I never realized until I listened to one of these podcasts, actually, that when you were saying discover it, you weren't saying discover id, you were saying discover it, your internal thoughts. So that's what's kept me for the last five years not wanting to talk about anything. Um, And I'm so glad that you persisted and that I finally reached a point in my life where I was open to, um, you know, what could it hurt to find out more. Debbie, what does it mean to be empowered? To be empowered? It means Mm -hmm. taking control of your life. It means that you have the power from within to to take control of your life and to have the things that you want. And I think that's what this program does. It, it really empowers you to take charge of your own life. There are a lot of people, a lot of people that are walking around this earth like zombies. You know, they think they're in control, but they're actually being um, controlled by their internal thoughts. And I think as we get older, um, our past program conditioning kind of gets in the way there and, um, and has people um, start believing all the things that little devil on your shoulder is saying, you know. And I think it causes, as we get older, it causes people to get bitter about their lives and about their relationships and about um, their accomplishments. I know I was. Uh, I was actually getting um, disappointed with myself. You know, I'm in the retirement stage of my life, and uh, I really felt like I was destined for greatness. And, you know, and I keep looking at my life going, what happened? You know, and I think there are a lot of people out there that feel the same way. So um, if, if that's you, you know, then, and you're listening to this podcast for, the, for whatever reason, you know, you should take a look at it and open up to it because um, once you learn the power of choice and, and, and working that muscle and not listening to that little devil on your shoulder, like I said, it makes all the difference in the world. You've heard me say many times that uh, one of the main purposes of it is to come into your life and to steal, kill, and destroy could you elaborate on that just a little bit in your interpretation? Oh, my. Well, I think that is what I didn't realize was my internal thoughts, your it, it its only function, its only function in life is to steal your dreams, you know, kill your hopes, and destroy you completely. That's its only function. And what you don't realize is it lives right inside you. And um, so the thing that was stopping me, that was it. It was there to destroy me and to sabotage everything I did, everything. And um, I'm getting all choked up here, but um, so please excuse me. But um, I, I just, it's so important to realize that this enemy, this this entity, actually, is living inside you, and um, and it's stealing your power. It's stealing your hopes and your dreams and everything you want for your life or thought you wanted for your life. 
that you've given up on. Um, and um, once you recognize it, once you identify it, you know, and you confront it, and and you you can you can be proactive about it. Once you do that, um, it just opens everything up, and it and it just really changes your life for the better. And for that, I really thank you, Paul, for like I said, being persistent with me and and uh, and not giving up on me. One more question, and and I'll okay. let you go. What does it mean when I say knowledge without action is in vain? It means it's one thing to learn about something. I mean, knowledge is always good to have, but do you want it to be something that's just good to have? You have to implement that in your life. You have to, um, for it to make a difference, you have to take the actions to implement it in your life. So if you learn about this, discover it, or anything. If you learn about something and you don't put those actions into place, it won't make a difference in your life. The only thing that makes a difference is to act on it, to learn it, to act on it, and that's what makes the difference. Debbie, we really, I I think I can speak for all of us on the conference call and whoever's listening. Um, we really appreciate you sharing. Got a lot out of it tonight, and uh, thank, thank you, you, thank you very much. Okay. Oh, you're welcome. So thank you for being so persistent, because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. And so for that, I thank you, and I hope I hope a lot of people get something out of tonight. Um, you know, if my experience and and what I've gone through helps someone else, then then that's really put a little, you know, a little uh, catch in my heart, I guess you could say. I don't think you have any problem with that. Thank you again, okay, Deb? <laughs> You're welcome. Take care. Ray, you and I was talking earlier today. Um, what was I, what were you referring to when we were talking about it today? You might have to refresh my memory because I got reticular activating system stuck in my head. And I don't think that's – we were talking about that yesterday, and I think we got right. over something different. Well, what, why don't you go ahead and talk about the reticular activation system and explain well, it to the, us. The, yeah, the reticular activating system, and not to get too scientific because I probably can't regurgitate, you know, regurgitate all the details, but a part in your brain uh, near the stem – and it's, it's, it's like the secretary to your consciousness. So it's responsible for um, filtering through. It's, it's very interesting uh, how it works. It, it filters through things that you're exposed to, and it only sends to your consciousness that which you become aware of and, you know, what we typically refer to as our, you know, our waking uh, consciousness, what we see, what we know to be real, it only hands over to that part of our mind that which it deems important. And how it, how it determines what is important is our past pre-programmed conditioning. So things that we have been exposed to in the past and have some significant, 
some significance to us. So a good example when I was watching the video you sent was how when we buy a new car or we're looking at uh, or become interested in, a, in this particular type of vehicle, only then do we seem to see that car everywhere we go. And, you know, obviously that's not, you know, the day we decide to buy a Honda Accord, and that's probably not a good example because those are everywhere, <laughs> whether you're thinking about them or not. But when you go to buy a particular vehicle, of course, everyone didn't get the same idea at the same time and go out and buy that vehicle and then take it out to, you know, flaunt uh, within that period of time that you also decided to. It's just that it be, we draw it into our focus. And so it's interesting how much we can go about our daily lives completely oblivious to things that are right in front of us. <clears throat> now, that's very straightforward and clear when it comes to buying a new car, and that's something that, you know, you hear all the time, people that's not even deep into psychology and things like that. They, I've heard over the years many people say, and, you know, isn't that funny when you think to buy a car, you, you see it, you, you know, only then you see it everywhere. But it's interesting how many uh, aspects of our lives that same concept becomes intertwined with, uh, like, for instance, beliefs, you know, our belief systems about the world and about ourselves. If we're told and we've, we've grown up in an environment that was particularly toxic, and we gain from that environment a belief that we are incapable or inferior, those type of beliefs that we've been exposed to and that has uh, planted its roots in our mind through the reticular activating system, it will bring all those things into focus around you that align with that belief. So you may go throughout the day, and there may be a thousand signs that you are capable of. If you set your mind to something, you'll accomplish it. You might do something and happen to find your way through it uh, and, and, to, and to accomplish your task, but you, you may not even be aware of it. You won't count that on your daily achievements, which you'll count and weigh with, with far more intention and attention is – the time when you uh, you went to do something and, and you made a mistake and you looked the fool, you know. So since that thing aligns with the belief that you've been exposed to for the majority of your life, that you're not good enough, that, uh, you know, you're a failure, that no matter what you do, something bad is going to come along and bring you down, since it aligns with that, which you were exposed to the most and which found its way into your belief system, that thing is going to stand out the most. That's what you're going to be the most conscious of. And it's very important when it when you're trying to reshape your, your life because it's hard to escape that without understanding not only that concept, but also that there's a physical portion of your brain that is actively helping your mind to become skewed in, in, in one direction or another. So the reticular activating system is it, just it's like amazing like said, how the like uh, reticular activation system uh, it uses it to as a self-defense mechanism to uh, hinder us from progressing and looking at things in a whole lot different way than our past. 
Right. So if I don't if I don't think I'm good enough for let's say I think I'm uh, I'm not very smart. So my reticular activator system is going to go around looking for evidence that to prove that that's true. Is that what what you're saying? Correct. That's yep, and it does that. It's a very good explanation for why it does that, and and that's because there's so much data that we're exposed to on a daily basis that we our mind it would be sense uh, information overload if that wasn't in effect. And it's similar to whenever we develop habits. It's because our mind isn't capable of remembering the task of, for instance, driving uh, as if it were brand new each time we experienced it. It's, it helps us to function and to develop and be able to handle more complex tasks that we can pass that on to our subconscious and into our habits and, and perform them almost without thinking so that we can move on to other tasks. So same with the reticular activating system. If we were trying to, do, you know, break down and analyze every detail that we're exposed to, it, there wouldn't be enough time in the day to sort it all out. So what the re- reticular activating system does is it says, well, we'll select the things that we believe are the most important to this person based on uh, past program condition and the things that this person is focused on for one reason or another because we could focus on those negative beliefs because someone convinced them of, uh, to us in our childhood, but the reticular activating system has no bias. It, it doesn't decide that that's probably not best for us. It just knows that since that's all we, you know, we've been exposed to, that must be most important to us. And so it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring our attention, attention to those things. Thank you, Ray. Well, um, you... I think we are. Go ahead, uh, Deb. Well, I was just going to say um, it, it's interesting because one of the things we talked about was how your it is there to steal, kill, and destroy. So, um, so if the reticular activating system is not biased, but you have this entity inside you that is biased, you know, then then what he's going to make sure only comes to the forefront of your mind. He's only going to feed the, the, the negative information t- to you, and that's what, what you're going to remember. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very good, uh, Ray. I think you explained the particular activating system very well and uh, how it uses it as a self-defense mechanism to... Uh, confuse us and, you know, make us believe things that are not true and encourage us to do what our past program conditioning has, wants us to do. Thank you very much, Ray. We really appreciate it, okay? Anytime. Uh, Brian, um, let me ask you something. What does the word commit mean? The word commit? Uh, Commitment to carry out perpetrate. Oh, and uh, another one was uh, to uh, make a mistake, crime, pledge, or bind. That was commit. When you start a new uh, concept or idea such as uh, discovering it, 
your invisible power, and you go about uh, the journey of self-discovery. How important is the word commit to per being perseverance in uh, this process? Oh, I think it's I think it's I okay. think it's very important. Uh, yeah, extremely. But look at the word follow through. Could yeah, you, uh, define that word for us. Continuing of an action or task to its conclusion. How would you apply the follow through when it comes to uh, a journey of self discovery, like you, you and a lot of us are on? Uh, I, I just, you know, just just being serious about it. Um, I think it's about following through. Once you commit, that's the serious portion. You know, and following through is is uh, like just just pretty much if you're gonna if you're gonna commit to something, see it through. You know, make the choice. Like we were talking about the power of choice tonight. You know, make the choice to you know resist any 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 backing away or any any running away from from this actual you know this actual change because you know we change what we want to change. You know, and uh. So, so to see some, you know, to see some through, to follow through, you if you want it bad enough, you do it. Very good, very, very good. We appreciate your uh, input tonight, uh, Brian. I know that we got Bill and we got Jody out there, and I'm sure they want to put their two cents worth in. Yeah, I think this is a good talk. We talked a lot about, you know, how our it holds us back, stops us from becoming what we're capable of, achieve, of achieving and how it tends to kind of hold us back from changing different behaviors. <clears throat> and, you know, Debbie had a really good story of, you know, things that were holding her back and pre preventing her from taking a look at the possibility of something different and looking at the uh, it. And I think Ray talked Ray talked about the reticulating activating system, and that's a really good uh, speech, and it really emphasizes how we kind of focus on what we think about. And, you know, we could either be thinking out about all the negativity and all the, the internal thoughts of we're not good enough and things like that, um, or we can prime our reticulating activating system to look at positive things, and I think that's a good thing about this conference call and, you know, looking at new things and possibilities and knowing that we can't achieve those things um, if we put our mind to it. And I think that's pretty good. And, you know, committing to those and following through to those achievements that we discover that we want to do is really big. And I think the big part of having a, a group like this and um, someone we can talk to and someone to hold us accountable, without those, our it's going to always attack that commitment and attack that follow-through and say, like, well, maybe you don't want to do that. Or, you know, maybe you were thinking you were capable of doing this and holding you back and things like that. So I think it was a pretty good call tonight. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate you sharing with us tonight, Jody. How about you, Bill? Well, I apologize. I got on the call late. Um, so I didn't hear a lot of it, but I, I think I got the feel for what you talked about. And uh, who do we have on the call? 
We got Brian. We got Ray. We got Jody. And we got Debbie. That's Good right. deal. You know, uh, I took this week to just step back. Um, I have a, it's been a whole year now on my, dem- <laughs> I wouldn't say demise. I would say uh, rebirth of a lot of things in my life. And uh, when you're talking about reticular activating systems, I look at it in a very interesting standpoint. Uh, you know, um uh, the self-worth side of it, the also the relational side. When you uh, step out and wow, even discover uh, new friends, new new people to uh, oh, quite frankly, enjoy life with. You look at what uh, what's going on in their life, um, what is going on in their life, and the other. Uh, items that go along with that and then you you realize that in many ways there are the your it will try to bring you back and put you back in a circle to where those are the things that you want those are the things that you deserve those are the things that you want to be but that's not that's not actually the case um, for yeah, I would say about two weeks now. I have been through a, I've, I've fasted many items of my life, and looking at what I want in my life versus uh, what it says. Oh, you need it in your life. Uh, those aren't the same, the same things. So you know, you 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 juggle those wants and needs that you have in your life to. Uh, to decide what you want to do. Uh, you have to look at what are you worth? Are you worth more than what you think you are? The big thing is what you think you are because your it will always tell you that, you know, eh, you know what, through my past program conditioning, I might not be worth a lot. But hindsight being 2020, you can be worth much more than what your it thinks you are. So uh, it's been an enlightening experience uh, these past couple weeks for me to understand that there is much more that I want. There is much more that is worth my time. There is much more that others can give to me and I can give to others. And... I think it's important for us to each realize that as well because no matter where we are in our journey with discovering it, you're going to be able to help those that are in that journey or the ones that haven't even discovered that it is an issue in their life. So it doesn't matter where you are in this amazing journey of understanding where your it is. It's just understanding where you are. Who are you right now? Because, uh, you know, where I look at myself, I know who I am now. Um, before, I, boy, I was lost. You know, I uh, could sit with Paul for an hour, two hours, even three hours, and just 
go through word definitions or life experiences and it's like, okay, well, okay, yeah, I'm getting a better understanding. It's like taking a, a bite of the apple every time. So if you think about every time you're thinking about um, it or you're thinking about looking to improve yourself, you're taking a bite of the apple to take over what the past program conditioning had you back in way back when. So it's a it's an interesting journey. It's a, it's been a wonderful journey, and um, what I look at with that reticular activating system is that no, you have to understand who you are first. You have to understand your self worth and know that you're better than what your it is trying to give you to move forward. Okay, that's my two cents. I'm going to stop the uh, apple cart right now. I took a bite of the apples on that one. Thank you very much, Phil. We, as always, we enjoy and appreciate your input. Is there anybody else uh, that like to uh, make a comment or, or ask someone on the call about anything tonight? Yeah, Paul. Um, I, I was sitting there thinking, reflecting on the call a little bit, and it came to me what we were talking about earlier. Uh, we were talking about the discomfort that comes from doing things that are out, outside of the norm for us that would lead to growth for us. Um, and I'd compared it to, and I, I've compared it to this in the past. It always comes back to me and it reminded me, uh, Debbie, when you were saying that, uh, you were glad Paul was so persistent because you fought him so for so long against the things that uh, he was trying to present to you. And it reminds me of like when we go to the gym, I always compare it to, to the gym because it's such a clear example of, you know, we don't go to the gym for the same reasons we go to uh, the movies to just relax and to have a good time. We go to work. We go to push ourselves. We go to become uncomfortable. And it's, it's a good, clear example because everyone can agree that from that discomfort comes the growth. But just like with the reticular activating system, it's sometimes difficult to transpose that onto other aspects of our life, such as uh, the example I brought up earlier when me and Paul was talking. is a girl I met in Brazil uh, she doesn't speak English, and I've been learning Portuguese for the past year. So uh, I, I was telling Paul, I'm grateful that she she reaches out to me so often because otherwise I, I would probably let the, the relationship go stale because it's it's such a uh, – it seems to be a chore sometimes because I have to really work when I'm talking to her. You know, I can't relax and just be my cool, uh, easygoing self. I've got to actually strain a bit, and I've got to really, you know, search for those words that I've learned and, and put them to use. And the reason I continue to do it and I embrace it and I appreciate the process so much is because I, I understand that that's where the growth is coming from. It's not, it's not going to come from something I can enjoy with, with no effort. It's coming from the work. And uh, and Paul asked how that applies to it, and it, it applies to it because, one, just even becoming aware of how it works in our life and 
so many things that are tied to its effects in our lives from childhood uh, to our present present time is is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to look at. A lot of times we we fall into a a groove where, for good or bad, we're comfortable with the way things are. And a lot of times it's there's a lot of bad that that wreaks havoc in our life. But we don't want to look at that. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to consider the fact that maybe our comfort zone that we've got into is half, if not more, false reality. It's a complete illusion, but we don't want to look at that. You know, it, it forces us to confront so many things and to, and to shift into the unknown in ways that most people just, it's just like going to the gym, you know, for the people that don't go because, oh, it's so, ah, it's hard. And, it, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I've got the time for that today or I need to rest this week and maybe next week I'll go. Well, they're also forfeiting the uh, results that come from that. And it's the same way that we do when we fall into our comfort zones in life and we don't want to confront the past. We don't want to confront how it is using those things to continue to keep us in bondage. And, you know, embracing, there's so much power from embracing that concept that we can do that, but we've also got to, you know, come to terms with the fact that we're giving up our chance to grow and to reach our full potential. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate that feedback. Anybody else that would like to say anything uh, tonight on the meeting, ask questions or otherwise? Yeah, I'm going to say uh, one more thing, Paul. Of course I am. You know I will. But uh, what was what Ray was talking about, you're it, it and this is a uh, this will probably give you a little picture. You know, I want it to be a picture versus anything that, you know, you talk to everyone about. But you think about it, your it does not want you to enjoy a true adventure understanding yourself. And now if I take Ray's story that he's talking about into context, they could turn your it could turn around and put the limits. Oh, too far away, um, unknown. I I don't I I can't figure out Portuguese. I'm not going to be able to figure out Portuguese. Or uh, Ray, I'm sorry, man. I'm going to have to get with you because I'm going to have to get to the gym. But <laughs> those things, those are the things that those are the things that your it wants to limit you on is what are the true adventures in your life? What do you want to step out on and take a chance with? Well, if I look back on, you know, and you know I'll talk. I'm sorry. But uh, if I look back on Ray, Ray's a world traveler. That man's gone by himself on his birthdays to different parts of the world. How many of us have actually done that? That takes a lot for an individual to do. You know, we're you, maybe we're used to driving up to, you know, Williamsburg, and okay, yeah, we can stay in a hotel in Williamsburg, or we can go up to D.C., we can go anywhere. This man will jump on a plane and go somewhere, doesn't know the culture. Maybe he does. I'm just speaking for him right now. But it's like he's embracing that, and he's looking at the adventure that it gives, that's what we all have to seek in our entire life. And that's what it wants to hold us back on is the adventure of the true 
abundance of this life that we've been given. I'm done. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> You're spot on, Bill. Thank you. You spoke for me well. Ray, how many uh, different countries have you visited in the past couple of years? In the past two years, seven, and I'm getting ready to go back to one of them again. Next next, next week, week, right? Yep. That's Brazil? Yep. Very good. We'll have to name yeah. him the connoisseur of travel. <laughs> you know I'm not going to slow down. If anything, no, I'm going to up. Just like Martin Luther King said, I've gone to the top of the mountain, I see the light. <laughs> yeah. Once you see it, you can't unsee it either. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, life's too short. That you've, taken, you've taken it by the reins, man. Yeah. There you go. Anybody else that would like to uh, ask questions or make a comment before we leave this evening? No, I think it was a great call. I mean, great stuff with the, uh, with, with, with everybody. I mean, all with Ray, Jody, and Bill, and with everybody. You know, good stuff. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you very much, Brian. Appreciate that input. Well, we uh, don't forget next Thursday night at 7:30, and the uh, number will be 515-604-9530. Uh, access code is 655-145. Well, I'll see you next Thursday night. Thank you very much.